Welcome to another episode of the Black Esquire Podcast. I am your host, Shelly Whitehead. I am here with my lovely co-host, Michelle Jenkins. Hey, hostess with the mostest. Yes, yes, yes. So if you are just tuning in for the first time and are not familiar with us, the Black Esquire Podcast is a platform where we discuss issues pertaining to young black professionals um, in a very casual and relaxed setting. Michelle, where can they find us on social media? Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Black Esquire podcast space. As Shelly said, we're excited to talk about all of these relevant topics. And you can find us for even more content on our Facebook page at Black Esquire Podcast, on Instagram at BLK underscore ESQ, and we can be contacted via email at Podcast at gmail.com. Our episodes can be found... They can be found on Google Play, SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. Please like, subscribe, share, 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 and comment. We really appreciate you engaging with us. But most of all, we want you to join the fellowship, a closed group on Facebook, where you can join the conversation. Check us out. Yes, and uh, please do check out the fellowship. Uh, Michelle keeps the convo very lit. So if you, if you all want to see what we're talking about and give your opinions, please check us out on Facebook at The Fellowship. So it's not just Michelle and I here today. We have a lovely, lovely co-host with us. With us today is Randy Childress Anderson. Randy is a dating coach and licensed attorney. She received her Juris Doctor degree from the John Marshall Law School and her Bachelor of Arts degree from Valparaiso University, where she majored in sociology, specifically focusing her study on the institutions of family, marriage, religion, and sexuality. Randy has clocked thousands of hours of qualitative research on the intersectionality of relationships, marriage, and African-American studies, and takes a no-nonsense approach to dating and relationship advice. She is married to her husband of seven years, and they have one fur baby named Cooper, a feisty terrier mix. Randy enjoys traveling, curating resale fashion, astrology, and reading. She is a transplant Chicagoan by way of Northwest Indiana. Thank you for joining us, Randy. Thank you for having me, ladies. I'm so excited to be joining you guys. Just so everybody knows. Randy is not just all those fabulous things in her bio. She's a good friend. Yes. <laughs> <Aww. laughs> no, now Randy and Michelle knew each other before. Yeah, we go I way met. back. Can I say that again? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> now, how far do y'all go back? If y'all want to, uh, not that far back, okay. but it's far enough back. Okay, um, okay. Law school, right? Law school. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think we met. Yeah, we met at law school. Yeah. Yeah, because you were on, um, what's it called? Law Review. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I started looking up to Randy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Let's um find out what you're sipping on first. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, in true Black Esquire fashion, we um asked our guests what they're sipping on. So, Randy, what are you sipping on today? Today, <laughs> I am sipping on white wine Riesling, one of my favorites. Awesome. <laughs> and Michelle, what you sipping on? I'm sipping on a white wine sangria based in that Riesling, but I had to fancy it up. Okay, okay. <laughs> and I'm doing a Riesling as well with Randy. Um, today is my first day of being off the Whole30 diet, so I can have alcohol. Uh-oh. So I, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to turn up just a little bit on this fine Monday. I'm cheating. Yeah. <laughs> and Michelle's <laughs> cheating. How many how many days you got left to go, Michelle? About two weeks. Two weeks? Okay, that's not bad. You halfway done. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, uh, what are we talking about today, Michelle? Today, in tune with Valentine's Day, we are talking about relationships. As you heard from Randy's bio, she's a, a guru of um, relationships. I dabble in her information all the time so (laughs) uh, today we're going to start out just talking about what it's like to be a young black professional and date but um more so um 
suggested or best practices in Randy's professional opinion. So, <laughs> I think our first topic is Shelly. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll read it. There. Yeah, I'll read it. So, um, we did a bit of a focus group. We did. Uh, from uh, young shout pro- out to young- the fellowship. <laughs> yes, from the fellowship, <laughs> young ladies from the fellowship. What they wanted us to uh, talk about on this relationship podcast, and, and some of the want- fellas too. Yeah, some of the fellas did give uh their their uh topic ideas as well. So this is what, and so we got a lot of stuff. So we, we broke it down to the top few because we know it's going to be a little long. So uh, number one, first question, am I wrong for wanting someone who is on the same educational level as I am? And should salary be a factor in who you pick? What you think, Randy? Well, ladies, I think this is a really good question because I think it is a question that us black women, um, get uh beat up over a lot and the reality is that um when you think about dating somebody on your level quote unquote uh what you really should term it as is are you culturally compatible Mm -hmm. and basically what that what that translates is to is if i like to travel and they've never been on a plane Mm -hmm. he can make more money than me but we cannot be culturally compatible Mm -hmm. i can have a different interest a different level of uh, worldview um you know and other things like that and so in terms of having somebody that's on your level the first thing that everybody should know is that black women uh date down most out of every other women and so this is a statistic. And when you, when you say date down, what do you mean by date that? down? Meaning Let's break it down. Date somebody who is um, below your educational level or salary okay. income okay. for the sake of staying in their race, probably. Um. Well, you know, uh, what is it's, the been, it's definitely say? been studied. Um. <laughs> so I was gonna say that definitely, ladies should check out the book "Is Marriage for White People" by Ralph Richard Banks. Um, he is a black really uh, Stanford law professor married to a black woman. It is not an anti-marriage book, but it contains a lot of good data for those of us who are interested in that sorts of things. So basically, one of the things that have been researched is, you know, the dating patterns of black women. And it's shown that, that black women date down more than every other group of women. So mm. Don't let anybody trick you into believing that your standards are too high because studies show, actually, you're going to date down more likely than any other race of woman, a right. white woman, an Asian woman, a Hispanic woman. Uh, um, so, back to the question, uh, is it okay to want somebody on your same level? Absolutely. You want somebody that you are compatible with. Um, but but this the question is specifically educational level. So you know we're all JD. So are, are am I wrong because I want him to have a JD or a PhD or at least have graduated college? You know. Yeah, I think I think I think we should get a move away from hard and fast rules. So when you say educational level, I would say it's an indicator of the cultural level of the person. Mm-hmm. It's an indicator of the values of the person that you're dating. For example, if you pair up with somebody, you have your JD and you pair up with somebody who did not go to college, you have a child with this person. You strongly believe in education because everything that you've done throughout your life has been an investment into bettering yourself through education. So now you have this child and you want this child to go to private school because you believe in the best education. Mm-hmm. It's this person that you're paired with who has never invested into any of their education. Will they understand? Will they be on the same level in terms of wanting to do that? So having the ability is a separate question. We get to the second part of salary. But in terms of educational level, I would say that women should frame it a little bit differently and talk about cultural compatibility and values. And I think once you hone in on that language, it it highlights the differences and why you may not be compatible with somebody who is beneath your level of exposure to the institutions of education so let's let's uh, break that down a little bit because when you say cultural compatibility i know you mentioned travel a little bit are we uh, are we talking just travel and can i take you to the company office party 
can I just take, can I take you to the office party and you're not going to, you know, make me look like a fool and all right. that kind of stuff. Like, look, what are we talking about yeah. when we say cultural compatibility? Yeah. Oh, and I also want to know, in terms of when we talk about cultural compatibility, do, let's be clear. Are we talking about, you know, skin color or race? But are we more so just talking about sort of experience? I mean, I've, I think in my dating experience, it's not always, um, how can I put this? It's not always race that makes us click. It's, that's not what creates the common experience. And I think it's an assumed thing mm -hmm. that if you black, I'm black, we gonna all be like black lives matter, or we gonna all, you know, not want to vote for Trump or yeah. whatever the case mm -hmm. may be. And I, I think, um, and Angela Rye says this all the time, you know, your skin folk isn't always, always your kin folk. So, um, I think it's, I mean, I want to yeah. sort of get into that. Yeah, let me clarify. So, when I, talk, when I talk about cultural compatibility, I'm not talking about race at all. So, this is nothing to do with race or skin color. I'm talking about what your interests are, what kind of art you like, if you like to travel, how inquisitive are you, if you like reading. Um, how important is education to you? How important are, um, you know, the finer things in life? Everybody is not interested in spending $150 for a dinner. However, if I can taste the difference between, you know, a certain kind of steak and that's what I like and that's <laughs> what I want to invest my money in, that's what I want to spend my money on, mm -hmm. I'm going to need somebody who understands. And all of those uh, makeup, culture, food, arts, travel, what you like to do, where you like to spend your time, um, topics of conversation, those sorts of things. So it's completely separate from race, but the things that make up a culture of a person, mm -hmm. an individual. And I think that that doesn't always, like, I, I think education is a component of that because obviously the higher you go, probably the more you've been exposed to. But I've dated people who they've had a very large range of experiences, but they didn't necessarily match me yeah. educationally, but we vibed on that level. And I think that's why it's important that you think about it in terms of not on my level, but are we culturally compatible? Mm -hmm. Because you can totally be culturally compatible with somebody who is not quote unquote attain your same level of education. Mm -hmm. But now let me just say, if you guys take this advice, do not point your parents to Black Esquire podcast when they get upset <laughs> <laughs> that you are dating someone that is culturally compatible and not on your educational level. Um that is <laughs> I think for some African Americans and just minorities in general, the thought process is, you know, um well, what do my parents think? I think sometimes. So, for example, let me clarify because oh, I, I, go I I just started by I don't I'm I'm not encouraging any black woman to date down. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> uh, I'm not encouraging that. And actually, um, social scientists have studied it, and they actually think that that's a contributor because we are the number one group who does that. They think it's a contributor to our high divorce rates. That makes um, sense. Mm -hmm. So, I'm not encouraging that. What I am encouraging is to think outside the box. So, for example, somebody who comes from a business, family with a business, for example, perhaps he just went to business school because his family already owned a business and he grew up in that environment. Perhaps he's a businessman. He doesn't have a JD, but he has a business. He made more money than you. What do you say in that sense? Mm -hmm. You know, you could be culturally compatible with somebody who's not attain the same level of education. But I think a lot of times it's easier to sift through the candidates by just using a marker or something like, well, I want them to have this level of education. So I would encourage us black women who have a harder time dating not to impose those kinds of rules oh. because you need to dig deeper to find out the cultural compatibility. Shelly's rocking. You, you got I'm, something to say? I'm, I'm, I'm just... I'm, Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say, so the second part of that was, uh, so first it was the educational salary. level, then there was salary. Right. So how much is salary so culturally compatible? Yeah. <laughs> like, look, our salary is so, like, I'm trying to travel and you can't go nowhere. Exactly. <laughs> I, I believe it plays right mm. into it. It plays right into it. Uh, some people are fully content with 
a steady job that makes enough to pay their bills and have a little 5% put away for retirement. And that's it. That person is probably not going to be culturally compatible with somebody who's really ambitious, who has really big dreams and goals, who wants to do things like knock off stuff on their bucket list. Mm -hmm. I mean, those two don't typically don't go together. Mm -hmm. So when we think about salary, I totally encourage you to take it into consideration. I would say ambition um, should also play right in, in there. Because the other part of it is that depending on what uh, kind of career one is in, they follow different paths. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you can meet somebody in the early stages of a very lucrative career path. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So perhaps the salary may not be what you would want at that time, Mm -hmm. but the level of ambition Mm -hmm. is there to where you know he's not going to stay at that level because the ambition is there. So ambition trumps salary. Is that what you're saying? I think it should go together go with together. salary. Okay. Okay. <laughs> to evaluate. Okay. It does okay. not know. Okay. What you don't clear. want, yes, no. You don't want, what you don't want is a dreamer. Somebody who's okay. just, you know, mm-hmm. they, want, they want, yes, they want this, they want that, they want this, but they have no plan and no yes. execution. So you don't, you don't want Got that. It. Got it. And the other thing I think as since this is the Black Esquire podcast and mm-hmm. we're talking to professional women, I think a lot of women don't think about when you're dating down, we have high rates of divorce. You date down and you may end up paying that man. Mm-hmm. Mary J. Blige. Uh, and, and that's a high level. That's Jill a Scott, very Jill high Scott. level. Mm-hmm. I know people personally that's not celebrities mm-hmm. and have lost in the divorce, the woman, mm-hmm. because you decided to marry for love and you said money didn't matter. Mm, yeah. So now you broke afterwards and he yeah. walked away with your money. Mm. Yeah. So. I think I think salary definitely matters. Um I definitely get the whole potential thing. I think the hardest part for me is identifying the potential that is sort of clicked with the ambition. Because sometimes you get men or just people in general, men, women I know them all, who are in the profession, in any profession, that is lucrative, but you can even date an attorney who is settled in their space and who doesn't want any more than what they currently mm-hmm. have or a pharmacist. And not all attorneys or... are making money. Exactly. So that's why you have to evaluate it with the ambition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the next question is from our focus group. It's about exclusivity. How many dates need to happen before that conversation comes up? You know, this is a very interesting question, ladies, because I'm going to challenge you all. I'm going to say that this is not a good question. And the reason, <laughs> the reason, you know, I love y'all. So the reason it's not a good question is because says who? How many dates says who? Mm-hmm. I mean, wh- where's the rule coming from? Is oh. there some book out Is there, there that I don't know you about? Know I don't you. know. So what I so I, what I would say is there is no rule when to discuss exclusivity. I think big things that women do that kind of mess you up in this area is you've limited your options. So what that practically means is you're exclusively dating somebody that you're not exclusive with. At that point, you've eliminated all incentives. You are exclusively dating somebody that you are not exclusive with. She means you just oh, date no. one person. Oh, I see. Okay. You're okay. just okay. dating okay. the okay. one person, uh, even though you all that. have not had any discussion on exclusivity. And if you all have not had any discussion on exclusivity, especially a black man, he's dating other people. You should just go in there assuming that he's dating other people. Sis, he's dating other people. He is. He's dating <laughs> other people. No, it's not. No. So, so to me, I think it's, it, this question is, you got to break it down. Number one, you have to know what you want. So, when you're dating, you have to know what you want. Other thing is, if you want to be married, you need to date somebody who's marriage-minded. A lot of people just date and they just put their desires onto the other person without the whole compatibility thing. I mean, you have to have that. And so when you're 
looking to date somebody, you should assess how marriage-minded they are if that is your ultimate goal and intention. If that's what you want, you should only be dating people who are marriage-minded. And you should continue to date multiple people until one person has outshined the other ones to the point where you do not want to spend time and energy with the other people that you will be entertaining. Or even simply just going out and having a good time. I, see, my mom, my mom used to preach that too. God rest her soul. And I, I have tried dating multiple people. It's exhausting. <laughs> and I think the thing, what you need, what you're probably doing wrong, is you're investing too much into each one. Right. But how are you supposed to get to know everybody? If, I if you think, can't? in terms of get to know people, one, you do limits. So perhaps you're just dating somebody. There may be certain reason you're dating this person. Perhaps this is not the person that you're going to stay on the phone with all night. Maybe this is the person that you're going to go out with every other weekend. It don't take all of your, you don't have to be so invested. The other thing, ladies, these are, we're professional black women. We have everything on our back. It's nothing wrong with saying you're busy. Say mm. you're busy. <laughs> say you're tied up. <laughs> if you want to be honest, say you have a date. <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously. I'll, I'll be honest and tell my own quick story there. When my husband and I first started dating, we were just that dating. I was dating other people. He was dating other people. Although I started to get into exactly what I'm telling you ladies, exclusively dating somebody that you're not exclusive with. Mm. And I got up with him. We hung out. We went out, said, oh, what you do this past weekend or whatever. And he said, oh, I went to the movies and saw something. Whatever the movie was, it was an indicator to me. This was not a movie that a dude just went and goes and see. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, who did you go see that with? So then he's like, oh, a friend. No big deal. Oh, okay, that's fine. Cool. No big deal. It's not an issue. But it reminds me that we are not exclusive. And so I need to make sure that I show that my options are open. Mm -hmm. So what did I do? I entertained people who wanted to entertain me. So I went myself out on a date. And when the topic came up, I said, oh, I went out with a friend. And of course, men typically get to a point where they don't want to share you. If you've already shown them they don't have to share you, then what's the incentive for them to settle down if they're not marriage-minded? So that's, I feel like, where women get caught up. Okay. Date somebody who's not marriage-minded. That's the only person that you're dating. He already, there's no competition for him. He already has you. So why? What's the incentive? Why? So what's the conversation like in order to not sound like a cuckoo person that wants to marry someone on the first date? <laughs> well, <laughs> I think that's interesting. And, and you know what? I'm a firm indicator of like, you know, somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Mm. So some things I think conversations can be had, but other things I think you have to be aware. Uh, you have to be open. A lot of times, women are just not open to seeing what they don't want to see. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to see it, if it don't, if it won't make you feel good, you'll just look the other way. You just won't think, oh, well, I haven't talked to him and I don't know, you know. So maybe, no, you say, oh, he was busy. He's so busy at work. I also think, like, you know, we don't ask enough questions. I, I think it's on purpose. Because we don't know, we don't, we don't want to know the answer. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. You don't want to know, that's fine. But just be honest. Don't act like you delusional or never, never land when you know what it is and you just not asking a question. Own it, girlfriend. <laughs> so, so back to the, so the question was, you know, how many dates? So you don't, you don't. Yeah, I don't subscribe. I don't subscribe to a number of dates. I think it's about what you want. Who I should think, bring? Who should be the one to initiate the conversation? Ooh. I think it's about what you want. I think the woman should know what she wants going in, and I think depending on where you are in life, a lot of women, my peers, are they want to be married, and so if that is you, then I think you should date with that being very upfront, not perhaps not on the first date, but especially. A lot of times, dating is happening on social media. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, you put that you're looking for somebody who's marriage-minded. 
Well, okay, so that's not that's not necessarily the same thing. So if I can, I, if I date somebody or if I meet somebody and you know I let them know I'm looking for marriage and they say they're also looking for marriage, that doesn't mean that we're dating exclusively. That just means we both want the same thing in the long run. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's gonna be that person for me and vice versa. Right. So after we've started dating and talking for however long, who initiates the conversation to say, hey? Is this, you know, is this going to be me and you? We going to be together? You know or... what? I'm I'm very, I'm a firm believer that women, men are hunters. And so women need to be more intuitive. We need to take up our womanly traits and, uh, and listen and watch and see what's going on in front of our eyes. And so I think if you meet somebody and y'all start dating and you date him under the guise that he is marriage minded, but you've been dating him for six months and he, he not, he ain't talking about nothing. No, I mean, marriage, let alone a girlfriend or anything like that. Then come on. That's, there's no conversation that needs to be had. You need to put your big girl panties on and put a period at the end of the sentence and conclude what it is. He's not serious about you. If that same woman, had her options open and she was dating multiple people, she will feel a pull to go where she's getting the most attention, where she's getting the most integration into the into the guy's life, where she's getting the most compatibility. And so I think you need those other options in order to test and balance the guys that you're dating. Otherwise, you really don't know. You could be completely sent off. Oh yeah, I'm marriage minded. He will date you for another five years, girl. Like, come on. So another thing when it comes to the marriage-minded thing is statistics show that um, black men are the most reluctant out of everybody to get married, men and women, every other group. So that, to me, in my opinion, gives you an ultimate starting point to be skeptical if you have the point-blank conversation with somebody who's I would say once he's in his mid-30s and he's not married, I would say that be skeptical. Just walk in skeptical. If he's a black man, I'm sorry. I will say it. I mean, and you it's not just sorry. based on my opinion. It's not just based, it's based on statistics and what the studies show. <laughs> I mean, they're the most reluctant. They're so not, I know right. that some of our listeners are going to be like, what's the study? Do you know? Um, I, that, um, I would I, absolutely. I would direct everybody to the "It's Marriage for White People" by Ralph Rich, Ralph Richard Banks. <laughs> he has, I believe, over a hundred pages of bibliography um, in the back of the book. Um, so if you want to fact check, feel free. <laughs> feel free to fact check. I did. I'll be honest. I'm a data research person, so, you know, um, absolutely. And the other thing that everybody should know is we're coming up on a time period where they're about to renew the research. So a lot of new data and new stuff is ready to come out in the next couple years, the next few years. So it'd be very interesting. I'll be looking out for that to see um, what's happening. Because a lot of changes amongst black women are waking up. Do you have a, um, I know the, the data isn't out, but do you have a feel as to what you think is going on? I feel, show? yeah, man. I feel like this is some camps of black women developing. I feel like That's there's, true. I feel like there's some black women who are doubling down mm-hmm. in their, in their uh, willful ignorance and willful blindness of the everyday state of black womanhood and what our lives look like in motherhood and in dating. Um, and then you have the other camp that I think is developing where people are, they're getting smart. They are listening to, you know, their friends and their families and believing what they see. And it's not a good look. And so you got to do something different if you want different results. So definitely I would say it's two camps. It's a, I, I've seen it's a lot more interracial dating, which is really good. Oh, right. I I'm, think I'm seeing that's that all very good. Time, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot more, which is really, it's really good, ladies. Black men have been doing it since the beginning of time. We should not be the most racially segregated group in the bedroom, and we are. You think we compromise too much? And when I say we, I mean women. Do you think women compromise too much? And if you do think they do, what are 
best practices to sort of gauge your um what i call your adaptability threshold um and whether it's being expanded too large in a particular relationship you know that's interesting i think the word that i would um tell black women to hang on to is reciprocity it's all about what you want and so in terms of compromise, if you're somebody who ha who's happy compromising your life away just to make your man happy, more power to you. But if you compromise all of that away and you made your man happy and you ain't happy at the end of the night in real life, then you're doing something wrong. So I think that's where you start about what really makes you happy. In real life. In yeah, life. in real life. <laughs> because uh, all of that compromising, it's about reciprocity. What are you getting in return? And don't devalue yourself. If all you getting in return is somebody to say, that's my man, then recognize that that person also can say you are their woman. So don't devalue yourself. Lord. Next question. Uh, best practices for identifying, discussing, and sticking to your dating standards. Yeah, this is a good one, but I'm going to challenge you on this one too. I'm going to say that ladies, if you have difficulty sticking to your dating standards, then they're probably not your dating standards. They are somebody else's standards that you have feel like you need to adhere to or that you need to adopt. Otherwise... I don't, and, and I know I take a tough approach when it comes to dating advice, uh, just because I think if you're, if you're serious about love, which I feel like a lot of people are, then you take it seriously. And so I don't buy the whole, oh, I have trouble sticking to my standard. No, then it's not your standard. And that's why you can't stick to it because it's really not that important to you. Somebody else told you it should be important to you. And now you're having trouble reconciling the two. If it's something that you really feel is important, you don't have any trouble sticking to it. And I'll give you a really good example. Really good example. For some reason, a lot of us black professional women, we don't typically link up with the people on drugs. True. Mm -hmm. We'll link, link up with the philanderer, the guy who's sleeping with multiple women, or we'll link up with the guy who's not going to commit to nobody. But we're not going to go for the dude that got a little tooting problem, or we typically, you know. So that's a standard that most women really don't have. It's, you got to think about it. Is it really your standard? Be honest with yourself. And I think a lot of women don't have as high standards as we like to think. And I think that's what happens. I think we like to think because somebody else wants us to have these standards. And that's what looks good. Right. Looks good. The appearance. Absolutely. And so then that's why you can't stick to it. It's, well, look, but guess what? Phaedra living her best life. She got her I, can go, I can go on about Phaedra. <laughs> she picked you know, she picked him because he looked good. And, you know, he may not have had nothing going for himself, but he was he was arm candy. But the other thing about Phaedra ladies is I feel like, you know, different rules apply to different women. Phaedra was already established. She had her independent money. I believe it was a prenup with them too. I believe so. Yeah. So she covered her bases. So if she wasn't just marry somebody because he was fine and she wanted babies, she had her money check. She had her assets protected check. And she really didn't need him. Check. You can do it in those instances. Now, if you broke, you probably shouldn't marry the ex-felon. Your family ain't got no money. You, you probably shouldn't because nine times out of ten, if something happens, he may have trouble getting a good job. I'm just saying. Just being honest. Like, come on. So it's different rules depending on where you are in your particular situation. Mm -hmm. I think for me, identifying the standards more so involves obviously a looking word, right? Um, but then also to a look forward. So for me, it's what do I want in a husband? I am marriage minded. So 
What do I want in a husband? What do I need now? Where do those two meet? <laughs> if that makes sense. I don't I don't know if it's um for everyone as tied to things um the things that we typically think of is he good looking is he um does he earn enough and things like that all the time uh, for everyone but i because i think sometimes people look at the future as like a fairy tale as opposed to what it really could look like or should look like if you actually do what you say you're going to do so in other words um, I've heard women say, well, I can't predict the future. I don't know what he'll do later. Or I, I want to marry for love, like we mentioned before. So let me just interject. There's always going to be the delusional woman who is going to make her decisions not based on reality, not based on the truth, not based on anything other than the fairy tales that she has in her head. That woman cannot be saved, and I would just bypass her. Because <laughs> the reality, service the person who says, well, I don't know what he's going to do in the future, wrong. The best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. That is proven. I didn't make that up. Nobody in this room made that up. So, girl, you don't get to say that because it's not true. Look at what he did before. And that will tell you the likelihood of what he's going to do in the future. I'm just saying. Be honest. Let's be honest here. So that particular girl who says that, she just wants to be with that guy. And for whatever reason, she don't want to tell her girlfriend, look, I know he ain't shit, but I want to be with him anyway. Now let me just do my thing. And I feel like most women, if they actually were honest with their friends and said that, they would be like, oh, okay, girl. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> did we hit all of the topics we said we would? Yeah, we did. So, we got a little bit of time left. Did you get the chance to see the Sierra post? Please tell me you looked it up. I did not. Dang. Sorry. No, I was I hopeful because you had such an interesting perspective on it. Well, I mean, I just, I heard the gist of it, mm-hmm. I guess. And so for our listeners, tell them, tell them what yeah. you're talking about. Okay, so Sierra made a post on social media. It was on this was a few weeks like, ago. Twitter or Instagram. Yeah, it was a few weeks ago. And basically, she put the hashtag up, level up. And accompanying that hashtag was a video from a pastor I don't remember his name right now. I can't think of it either. And I don't really want to blast the pastor. That's kind of mean. Anyway, um, <laughs> the pastor's, this snippet of the pastor's sermon was discussing um, the spirit of a wife and that he was using scripture to basically say that uh, women who hope to be married aren't married because they lack the spirit of a wife they're rather operating in the spirit of girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i just had to laugh i know it's been chuckleable but anyway keep in mind the wife is in in the room is laughing (laughs) so you know it ain't just a bunch of single women laughing yes no (laughs) we got a married woman in here yes dying laughing (laughs) so what is the spirit of a wife gonna do when her counterpart the black male is the most reluctant male out of everybody to get married. So you can have however many spirits and however many wives you want. But if the man don't want to get married, what you going to do? Child, apparently just hold on to the spirit of a wife because... I do think when Boaz found Ruth, Ruth already had the spirit of wife on her. I'm not the one if you want to do the scripture thing. I, I, I ain't the, the one for that. But <laughs> what I will say is, in regards to Sierra, I do think it's certain women, and I think it's okay that for her, for example, she got knocked up by quote unquote, you know, a deadbeat, and she was a baby mama. She did not like that position, that status that she put herself in. 
she felt like she put herself in that position. Well, to be fair, she was engaged to him. She wasn't just the baby mama. They were supposed to get married. Well, I'm not. That's what I'm saying. I'm, 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 I'm not judging. I'm, I am I'm not judging. But I will be honest and say there's a lot of women who feel some shame about that position about yeah. that status really as if things did not quite work out and you end up being a baby mama there's a lot of women who feel some shame about that so in that in that sense if that's how she felt and for her wanting to get married and have a nuclear family if she was able to do that and she feels like that was a level up for her more power to her i support that I mean, you know, if that's how she felt about herself, I don't think it's nobody else's job to judge and say, if I feel like this is what I need, who are you to judge me and say, no, you don't need that. No, this is what I need. This is, I'm, I'm the arbiter. I'm the decider of what I need. And so I, I do support that mm -hmm. in that vein. But no, I don't know scripture. No, no. Because I'm really not, to me, the, the study shows, the numbers show, our men are the problem, ladies, and we are the problem to the extent that we will keep allowing and keep dealing right and enabling them. Mm -hmm. So I don't really subscribe to any theories that, in talking about relationships, wants to address the women first. No, no, uh -uh. absolutely not. I don't, I just don't. Yeah. So there's nothing that the women need to be doing <laughs> so that they no, can become a wife. That is, not, is that what you're saying? But no, that's not what I'm saying. Wait, 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 wait. Not what I'm saying. Before I, we get on that, Randy wasn't saying what Shelly just said. But I do want to say that I disagree with Sierra's post. And I'm going to stand up for the single girls real quick. Because I get a little frustrated when someone is suddenly married and this all of a sudden makes them uh, Some better. Girl. Yeah, a guru on how to get married. Exactly. <laughs> and and my thing is, you know, having a sense of un or understanding of relationships is not necessarily something that simply comes from being in a romantic relationship. We have so many different relationships that we engage in and all of them sort of combine together to sort of inform you when dealing in a romantic relationship and what happens is is we put so much emphasis on these romantic relationships especially well especially around this time that we then sort of cast away everyone that's single so my problem was more so with the hashtag level up in the sense that it made me think like, so Sierra, dear, are you saying that you leveled up in your personal life or are you saying that your marriage now sets you apart from everyone that's single or everyone that has uh, the status that you used to have? So to me, it's like, you know, let's not pot and kettle here let's just maybe encourage women who are in poor situations where they're not being treated correctly to do better and to use the tools that Randy has sort of identified. Seek here. out marriage-minded. Exactly. Man. Exactly. And so that that's how I felt about it. But I'm not saying that in contrast to Randy's um, statements because I, I don't think that what I'm articulating is what she's advocating in terms of Sierra's statements. No, uh, I, I, think, think I just think I just think it's personal, unique to each person, and so I I, I understand that as women we have been sold the dream, and I, I don't want you to be that to be lost on you that there that's pretty rampant that the value of women is tied to whether you can get a man. Mm -hmm. So don't demean a woman for having internalized that when that is what our society feeds us from the time that we are born. That's what they feed women. Your value is whether you're liked and desired and wanted and wiped up by some man. And then if you're not, there's something wrong with you. Right. You're not in the spirit right. of a wife. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so I just think it's great to come across women who, you know, have somehow been able to break free of that indoctrination. But I do, I feel compassion for women who still are in that because that's what, we, that's what we've been programmed to be. 
no compassion from Michelle. No, I'm just I didn't want to. I didn't know if no. I just know. I just had some tips. No, I didn't know. Okay, five okay, tips, real quick. So. Yes. So tips for, and I had to break it up for men and women. And actually, we were talking about women, so let me just start with the men. Yeah, so these they, they need the tips. They yeah, they, they can do better. Tips. So tip number one for men: be upfront about your intentions. You cannot call yourself a good guy if honesty is not your top one policy. You have to be upfront about your intentions. And guys, let me tell you, it is a lot of women out here, all different flavors. You are not going to scare all the women off by being honest. Trust me. You can be honest and still, you know, have what you want. It is what it is. So be honest. Number two, check your colorism and entitlement. Uh, Black men, if you calling yourself a good guy, don't take it personal. I didn't make it up. They've been writing about this for centuries. Go back to bell hooks. I mean, come on. Check your colorism and entitlement. And if you need some proof of this, turn on any hip-hop music and just wait and see if you hear the uh, putting the light skin or the non-black woman on the pedestal. Um, It's rampant. Men feel entitled. You are not entitled to the 10 if you don't have something that commands the 10. Don't be entitled and check your colorism. Number three, men, I didn't make this up. We live in a patriarchy. Your job is to provide, protect, and problem solve for your women. I didn't make it up. It is what it is. If you want to be a good guy, you want to call yourself a good dude, all of your focus should be on protecting, providing, and problem solving for the women in your life. I love that. I believe that. That just is what it is. Chivalry is not dead if you want if you want the right woman. Um, number four, if you truly do have problems dating, which I'm skeptical that you do, but if you do, ask your women friends and colleagues to set you up. We all have a plethora of beautiful single women in our networks. And so if your problem is meeting people, um, asking a woman that you know to set you up that woman does not have to be single herself i know a bunch of single women um and just ask people that you know the women women friends and colleagues and the the last one number five is i want black women uh, black men to uh commit to establishing a nuclear family be marriage minded. Why do we want the tips for the women too? Be marriage minded yes, and, and commit to establishing a nuclear family. It, that's that's how you help the black community. To be honest, um, two is always better than one. You pull your resources, you pull your energy, you pull your pull your uh, you know your everything. So, men, that's that. Those are your tips. Love it. <laughs> or did you give all the woman's options during? I mean, tips. Yeah, pretty much. We kind of hit on them. So for women, tip number one is don't limit your options. Um, looks are not everything. I find that a lot of us black women, we really hung up on the looks. And let me tell you, by fifty, they don't look that all that good. <laughs> so. I'm just saying, you want to be married, you want the fairy tale, you want to end for the long run. Don't prioritize looks so much. Keep your options but open. You have to date interracially. You have to be attracted to the person. But no, I would challenge that. And what I'll say is, you cannot be repulsed by the person. If you meet someone, I'm serious. You can meet somebody and not be physically attracted to them. If that person is nice to you, if they pour into you, if they love on you, you will develop an attraction I for disagree. them. I've seen I it happen. It. I've seen I it have happen. Done it. it don't work. I think <laughs> then maybe in your case, there was something about him that was more repulsive than simply not attractive. I'll, I'll challenge you and say that. There is a difference. It's, you could be, it could be somebody that you're not repulsed by. I'm too petty for this conversation. not attractive to. Don't limit your options. Be open to interracial dating. You have to be ladies. We're the worst at it. Everybody beats us with this, and this is how our options are so limited. If you are only dating black men, just know that black men are not only dating you. Just let's just keep it real. You gotta go where you're loved and where you're valued and where you're appreciated. Don't prioritize race over the way that you're treated. 
So let me ask you something. So uh, a lot of people talk about, you know, dating outside of your race. And where are we going to find these? Are you talking about like maybe like going online dating or like where are we going to find all of these non-black men? Yeah. So to find the non-black men, I think online dating is a good start. But to be honest, I think a lot of us black women have created enclaves of blackness to where we don't have non-black friends. We don't socialize with non-black people. We don't go to places that are majority non-black um, because we may work in an all-white space. So in our social settings, we don't particularly want to be in those settings. I think I see a lot for us. So to be honest, if you're really serious about opening your options and wanting to date outside of your race, being open to dating outside of your race, the first thing is you have to diversify where you are. Critically look at your life and see whether the majority of the spaces that you are in are mostly black. If that's the case, then try and diversify that. The other thing is online dating. And the last thing, ladies, that I will say in terms of interracial dating is be aware. Be aware. There are cultural differences for non-black men the way that they show their interests. And if us as black women are only, um, we are only conditioned to respond to the way that black men show their interest in us, there could be non-black men showing interest in you and you simply are not aware because you so used to what up ma or <laughs> even Netflix and chill. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, mm-hmm. I mean, you, whatever, mm-hmm. but be open, be more aware be more aware that's what i would say well thank you so much randy for joining us we sincerely appreciate it i'm sure our listeners will appreciate it as well um with that thank you for tuning in to the black esquire podcast and we're signing off thanks for having me of course that was great